In Luke chapter 23, while Jesus was on the cross, while the rulers were gathered around scoffing, while the Romans were inflicting terrible physical punishment on him, while he was dying, being murdered, Jesus forgave his afflictors. And sometimes when we see that, when we recognize how hard, how heavy that is, how impossible that seems, when we realize that Jesus is embodying the level of forgiveness, he expects us as his followers to offer to each other. That scares us. We are scared that maybe forgiving like that will actually just put us in a situation to be hurt more. We're scared that forgiving like that denies the opportunity for justice, that if we forgive, it's like we're saying that the wrong that somebody committed was somehow okay, that we can just live with it, that it wasn't that big a deal, and we know that it was. We've seen the effects it's had on us. We've seen the effects it's had on others, and we're not prepared to say that. But forgiveness, the way Jesus models it for us, isn't that. It's not that at all. He shows us something different. And when we consider all of the fullness of what Jesus shows us in Luke chapter 23, starting with verse 32, we'll find a way forward for healing in our lives as we share in his presence. Because there we read during Jesus' crucifixion that two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull. There they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he's the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There's also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we're receiving the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them, when he said that, even while they were still hurting him, even while they didn't even think they were doing anything wrong, in no way was Jesus implying that what they were doing was right, that it was okay, that it was anything other than evil, wicked, treacherous, sinful. Yet Jesus was able to forgive because his focus was on God. His focus was on doing God's will. He put his trust in God to be the one who would make it right, which he would.
when on the third day, on Sunday morning, Jesus rose from the dead and was proclaimed as the true risen Lord of all. Yet appreciate that Jesus forgiving there didn't in any way get the people that were hurting him off the hook, as though there was now nothing they needed to do any differently because, well, Jesus had forgiven them, so it was okay. They didn't even have to believe they were wrong, and it would be okay. That's why Jesus died, to forgive their sins. No, the forgiveness that we read about here in Luke 23 was something that took place between Jesus and God. That was a choice that he made, but to have a relationship with Jesus, to be able to be with God, that forgiveness that Jesus offered was just the starting point. For there to be a relationship, that would require a response. It would require those doing the wrong to change direction, to move Jesus' way. There were two criminals hanging there next to Jesus. At one point or another, we're told in other gospel accounts, like in Mark chapter 15 or in Matthew chapter 27, that they were both railing at Jesus. They were both mocking him, just throwing it in his face even as they suffered. Yet it would appear from here in Luke's account that when Jesus spoke those gracious words, Father, forgive them. When he showed that humility and kindness and mercy, even in the midst of this terrible suffering, it seems to have cut the hearts of at least one of those criminals. Because while one of them continued to rail, continued to mock, continued to try to lift himself up by tearing Jesus down, the other one recognized Jesus didn't deserve any of this. Jesus didn't belong there. The other one decided instead that he wanted to be right with Jesus. He wanted to be in a relationship with Jesus. He believed where Jesus was headed, and he wanted to be there with him. He hadn't always. He'd done a lot of wrong things in his life before. He'd probably done some wrong things even that very day leading up to that moment. But when he saw the forgiveness that Jesus so freely offered, he responded to it. And because of that forgiveness that Jesus so freely offered, because of his desire, not for revenge, not for retribution, but for even those that were wronging him, to see the light and find their way into the lives that God wanted for them, lives in his presence. When that man came to Jesus, Jesus was ready to receive him. That day, he would be with him in paradise, a beautiful place of garden rest where he'd be with God, awaiting that day when the final resurrection comes, when we receive those new resurrection bodies and we get to live together in God's presence forever never again subject to sin or decay or death. Yet, it was that movement that made that opportunity possible. And the same is true for us. Forgiving the wrongs that you've suffered isn't denying that they were wrong. It isn't pretending it's okay. It's not putting yourself in a situation where you have to continue to be abused and taken advantage of over and over and over again. Forgiveness is you working with God to put it in his hands. 
to open your heart so that you don't get mired down in resentment or bitterness, wanting that person to hurt the way they've hurt you, but wanting them to change. And it's possible that maybe, just maybe, by wanting that, by praying that way, by taking those steps to seek that, you might just affect one of the very people that's there hurting. You might just help them see how off base, how wrong they are. You might just help them desire change, and then if they do, you might just be ready to receive them, to receive them in relationship again, to start a new relationship where you do get to move forward together, where you don't go back to the way things were, but you go into something better, where there can be joy and peace and rest in your lives. That's what Jesus makes possible for us. All of us as his followers are challenged, we're commanded by Jesus to start that process by entrusting ourselves to God and forgiving. Some people won't be touched by that. Some people still won't believe they've even done anything needing forgiveness. And in those cases, we likely won't be able to move forward in a relationship with them. But some people, some people will. Some people will hear that grace and recognize that kindness, and it'll touch their hearts. It'll cause them to change their direction, and as we recognize that, God will have gotten our hearts ready to receive it. He'll make a way that we can have a new relationship where we can start to move forward together, where we can look forward to peace and rest, because that's what Jesus came.